I hadn't heard too much about your content and stuff till Annabeth pointed me in your direction. But once I looked into it, I thought it was super interesting and, and super unique for where it's coming from. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I'll start out with like, I mean, I guess you're you're living proof that it can be done from a smaller town. Like your your knowledge on the subject seems to be quite extensive. But what what drew you to uh, to what you make content about? Um, I've been writing for about two years now for my handle Jew Casket. Uh, what drew me to it? I guess at the start, there was nothing really um, that you could find talking about the symbolism in a lot of Rick Owens shows, um, some of the history of the brand. It was all just like you could find some things on forms like Style Zeitgeist or Grailed articles, Hypebeast articles, things like that. But there was never any like comprehensive um I guess database or anything where someone was like trying to uh, talk about his current season collections. Were like, were you compiling information and intel for a while before you like dove into actually creating your own content? No, I I, <laughs> I started off just trying to archive. Um, digitally all the different geo baskets that had been released so rick's most popular sneaker i knew that there were quite a few that he'd released but uh i just one day put one up on on instagram with the the season it had come out and people really liked it it just like took off quite quickly so yeah, I guess was it was it a slow build, like building your your kind of fan base or your follower count, or did it all come like kind of rapidly as soon as you started putting out the stuff you put out? Yeah, it it did happen quite quick, I guess. Um, the first couple months, I I would just like scour the internet for any uh, unreleased geo basket that I could find. And I'd put that up and uh, yeah, I, I think in the first couple months was definitely the time of the most growth. Um, just, it was getting attention from all over. Uh, it's kind of tapered off a bit now, but I think now I, I like my content a lot better. I, I try to uh, put a lot of thought into my writing and um, my own videos I do now. So the transition to that has been has been good for me, I think. Are you on like a release schedule? Like ideally, how often do you try to put out writing? That's uh, at the start. It was like, I think how you can gain quick traction on Instagram is you just have to put out like as much content as you possibly can. I would do sometimes four or five posts a day. And I was just in university so I, I had some free time and uh, I, I now, if I can write like one, one of my larger posts in one or two a week, I'm, I'm pretty happy. So it's definitely changed quite a bit. 
that's a lot though. Like, do you, uh, you ever find it to be overwhelming or like you're kind of feeling like you need to put out more content than you're maybe like financially compensated for? <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely, yeah, I feel like I just need to do more and more, but, uh, I've, I've built some pretty good partnerships with, um, Essence out in Montreal right. and then less 17 here in Calgary. And between those two, it's like the financial incentive has, uh, kept me, kept me going. I suppose I, I love to write like it is predominantly because I, it's like a creative outlet for me, but having like a source of income come from it uh, is what keeps it going. <laughs> and if, if you don't mind me asking, what were you in university for? I, I uh, took a business degree. My major is in data analytics and I graduated last spring, I guess now. Yeah. <laughs> So your interest in like journalism is is fully like completely hobby based. It's fully organic for sure that how it came about like no formal training writing other than for some of the university courses I was taking. And yeah. was was this your like entry into writing or were you writing on like other subjects earlier on? No, it was this was my entry for sure. Yeah. And then do you see it in the future, like kind of bleeding into other forms of writing or is this the main focus? I would like it to. I think uh, I would I would like to see what it, like I'm, I mostly write about Rick, but slowly like other brands. Uh, I'll talk about uh, other artists I really like. Um, yeah, kind of trying to diversify a bit. Yeah, I guess like doing for me, at least, like doing the same type of thing over and over again has its benefits for sure, but it can also be kind of like taxing. And sometimes I get inspired to kind of branch out from what I'm doing just by doing a lot of the same thing initially. So I'm sure you've sparked other interests while you've been like focusing on this stuff. Yeah, that's totally true. Uh, I was actually wanting to ask you about, so I just listened to your podcast with nine times while I was at the gym this afternoon, kind of to give me some context on what you do. Maybe you could tell me a little bit about, so I know you're based in Edmonton, but are you still running this store? Or? Uh, no, actually, this is kind of an interesting time to, to answer that question. It I had the store until a couple months ago and I had it for about seven years. And then now uh, just I've closed the retail aspect of it. And now uh, kind of focusing all my energy on just like, is, same as, as you in a way, it's just all of my journalism is like spoken. I'm, uh, I did, I used to write like when I was younger, my dad actually was the, uh, he's still an American literature professor, but he uh, was the associate chair of the English department at the university. So I kind of grew up 
learning about about writing and journalism and all that stuff and now i'm just trying to like talk to basically anyone that will talk to me i'm trying to seek out like interesting people with unique stories that's why when i asked annabeth your name came up when i looked into it i thought that you know i'll never have the opportunity if if you were into talking to me this is kind of a a once in a lifetime chance like i can't really think of someone with such a like laser focused niche like you being able to provide an interview so oh it's yeah it's nice to meet someone from alberta who also has an interest in writing and literature (laughs) you know i uh I, I try to keep a lot of my interviews like kind of quiet until they happen just because I like the element of surprise. But I told a few friends of mine that I was going to be doing one with you and they, they were all very familiar with with your account and in your subject matter. So I don't know if that means anything, but it's great to know like someone was such a like unique subset of writing as an audience. You know, I guess we're we're close to Calgary, but we're further away in a lot of ways than it might seem. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah, I found it in your your talk with the owner of Nine Times. He was saying something about how the skate teams are, uh, like the Edmonton team won't come to Calgary. The Calgary team wouldn't come to Edmonton. I found that interesting that like in Alberta, there's such a divide even between Calgary and Edmonton. Yeah, like do you feel that applies kind of to your your niche as well, like in, in fashion and clothing? Like do you, you see a divide? I, I think Alberta in general is just hard to do anything in clothing. Like uh it's just it's a tough place to be creative i think like uh i i kind of like that in in calgary if you're doing anything then you can kind of build the scene out from yourself but there's no like fashion real culture i wouldn't say like any of the bigger cities uh in in canada like vancouver would have a bit more of a fashion scene i think uh Montreal, of course, would be the top one. But then, like, if you want to go to like a fashion city, you have to kind of get out of get out of the Midwest. <laughs> Was there anyone who had ever like sold any Rick pieces before Last One Seven brought it in? I don't think so. Like, even having Less One Seven as a a hub for mainline rick cohen's is just so bizarre and strange to me because but it, it has a base which is just crazy do you did that um like do you know them and did you suggest that they bring it in or did they bring it in and then that furthered your interest they brought it in uh, a couple years ago i had actually just reached out to them to be like hey I'm in Calgary, like it would be cool just to help you guys out with some of your marketing. Uh, And to have a store that's like stocking runway pieces and stuff has definitely furthered my 
my interest just because before a lot of uh, how I would interact with uh, the Rick Owens universe would just be through my phone. Like I would buy my own pieces, my own little collection, but it was, it's very, very expensive. Some of his clothing. So I would never be able to like have something in my hands and with less uh, I'm able to go down there and like check out what they have in and stuff, which is cool. And is there like a whole pocket of, of Rick customers out there? Like, I mean, I've seen a handful of kids here have it and people who definitely want you to be aware that they have it. That's who you'll see with it out here, but only a handful of people. I I feel like the, the little I know about you is that like you actually care about this stuff, you know, like some, some people see it as, as just like, excuse the term like flex just because they know it's expensive and other people know it's expensive, but it seems that you have a more like genuine interest in, in Rick. Is there similar people to you in Calgary? Is it still more of like a, a thing to be seen wearing? I think uh, it, what you're saying is like people who, who see it as a status symbol I think that's definitely like a dividing thing in, in people who like his clothing. Like some people, they buy it because it's hyped, I, I suppose. But I think that you do find like pockets of people, even in Calgary, who appreciate uh, kind of the artistry that goes into it. So I have been able just recently to find some people that uh, I relate to and connect with. I guess Annabeth would be one of them. So. Do you, uh, I mean, you obviously don't have to like delve into the numbers and secret behind the scenes stuff, but like, does it sell well for less or do they end up like clearing it out because it, it won't? Or actually, I assume Rick might never allow it to go on sale. Is it one of those brands? It does go on sale. Um, and it, like these stores are not getting a crazy amount of stock and like when they bring in a very wild piece they might only be getting one of each size and i think the idea is like some between the us and canada market there's probably someone willing to pick up that piece like their store might even get some pieces like they're the only ones who ordered that particular item in north america Right. would be less 17 yeah but i like the less 17 partnership has been a bit more recent i've been mostly with with essence for the past year and a half and essence like as a force in fashion right now is like they they bring in so much rick like it's unbelievable and i assume they're obviously selling it like I, oh, yeah. I can see it being a more difficult sale for someone like Les, but Essence is probably turning it down hand over fist. Yeah, and Essence, like I think, people who buy Rick are quite good at knowing when it's going to be like when it's on sale enough. Like you asked if Rick goes on sale, it it does, and I I would say most actually of. The, the purchases, 
happen about at about 50% off. So you might see like the crazy like 3K price tags for some of the parkas, but people generally are not paying that. They're paying probably half. See, like how do you personally feel about that? Because I, I've always just kind of had a mantra to myself that things like that, like if that status and with like a story behind it, a big fashion brand like that, I feel you're supposed to pay what it costs. Like people wearing that type of stuff that they get on clearances, like a cheat code in a way. It, but that's just me. And that's not at all like hating on, on people that find deals. Like for sure, good for them. If they want to wear it and they can get it cheaper, like great. But I just feel... You know, like the the whole oxymoron of affordable luxury, like some things aren't supposed to be half off. Mm. Yeah, I think another aspect of Rick that's quite unique is the resale market behind it. Like on Grailed alone, there's 15,000 listings for Rick Owens pieces. Like people really, really, uh, they they understand like certain pieces will keep their value. And because of that factor, I think that that adds a lot. Like it's almost a community building aspect to the brand that like people understand like a piece from 10 years ago that Rick will have put out. They'll specifically like be looking for that item. We'll know it's like what price range it sits around and we'll, wait until they can get it at that and then they'll keep it maybe for two years but there's really like a a cycle of buyers and sellers i would say yeah so is that like a lot of people will buy it and have their time with it and then let it go and kind of like it'll maintain maybe even i've heard stories of people being able to like sell older pieces for more than they paid for them even at full retail. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, and it, it it's not for everything, but cer certain things, yeah, are quite, uh, if you're looking at what he's put out and like considering his full body of work when like he releases a sneaker and you know he, he won't release this one again, ever, like in this material or this color, those are usually the ones that people will uh, buy knowing that it could appreciate in value at least a little bit. So with your store, it was mostly skate brands. In the end that, yeah, that is sort of what it grew into, but it's funny. Like the, the whole trajectory, actually they, it's quite funny. One of the first retail stores that ever, carried nowhere fast was less one seven oh, no way and and when they first carried it um it was them and gravity pope out here and it it really aside from like a bit of the fan base and people who i was personally friends with it it didn't have much to do with skateboarding and then it it just it i've always I've always done everything at the company on my own, which is good in a lot of ways, but it's also like harmful 
in ways because whatever I'm into personally is kind of what the brand becomes. So I had I had become friends with this whole pocket of skaters out here and and one of the big shops that closed after years there was it was kind of a void in skateboarding in the city and i felt i uh, had the opportunity to maybe insert myself in that so i took that opportunity and then that's just kind of what it became but it like I mean I love skaters I have nothing against them but I can honestly say that was never a goal of mine and it it wasn't really like the initial vision for it and that's partially why why I closed recently because it was just becoming something that it wasn't really ever like meant to be. Mm. But um, yeah. What was the question? Yeah, it 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 definitely towards the end was like basically a skate shop, but it it wasn't really meant to be that. So it was like when when last carried nowhere fast. It was all kind of cut and sew, like a lot of thermal fleece stuff made in Canada, and it was a lot different. It's gone through many iterations and. And I mean, even now it's I I'm pretty stubborn, so I don't I don't want to let go of the name. So I just keep changing what it is. And it's it's crazy. I've got away with a lot. No one's really I mean, I'm sure some people don't like the brand, but every iteration we do, people seem to like stay behind it. So now it's kind of just a podcast and no one really seems to care. So I like the name a lot. <laughs> Nowhere fast. Thank you. Yeah. There's no, no cool story behind it at all. I just thought of the name a while ago, like over a decade ago. And I put just so much branding behind it. Like just, so many stickers and just hammering it into people and it's never the logo is is heinous but i've never changed it so it's just people kind of know it by now and i feel that that's what makes the good logo is just doing it over and over again so you'll have to send me a sticker (laughs) yeah yeah definitely i uh, send you a sticker (laughs) I did some for a pop-up event I held here in Calgary um, back in June. I I thought I would try something local uh, just to kind of see. Like I'd never, everything I'd done was really online. So I thought it would be cool to try an in-person event. And I made up some stickers for that. But like physical retail is uh, different, different than online. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's very hard, and I feel like Calgary or Edmonton, we're, it can be done for sure, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not, like, a de- defeatist in that way, but we're definitely up against more than other cities would be as far as, like, pushing an in-person event like that, but what 
like i mean condense it a bit or or not elaborate but what was the event like what were you trying um i hosted it at a plant store i just really liked this plant store and asked the owner if i could have like a little uh pop-up event with items from my my own website so i have like my closet archive Kind of what I call it, that I sell just through like a Shopify web store. And with that, like I might have 20 items. It was more just an excuse to like put something on. Yeah. And then I would have like something to to focus it around. But uh it was really cool to see like who came out. Like I I'm sure 99.5% of people who follow my account are not from Calgary. Yeah. But I thought Maybe the people who are would like to go to a event where they can talk to people who like Rick Owens clothing or avant-garde clothing. And uh, yeah, I think I, there were about 50, 50 or 60 attendees, which to me was like, hell yeah. Yeah. No, you know, what I would say about that is when I was younger, even, even someone recently, I used to, also, I would kind of base, I would set my bar based on things I've seen online. So when I would throw an event and, you know, it didn't look like the events I had seen in New York, I I would feel like that was kind of a letdown. But then yeah. I realized, like, you know, where we are, I mean, where I don't know about you, but I'm I'm lucky to have even one person come out. If you fifty or sixty people that actually cared about what you were doing, that's amazing. And I'm it meant a lot for sure. Yeah, I'm learning to to see the value in that more. Like instead of wishing it was more people, I'm just happy the people that did come had a good time and they were there for the right reasons and it's a lot easier to interact with the small group of people as well for sure for sure when you're you're talking about that your your closet is it it's only rick stuff that you're selling or are there other brands involved it's probably 80 percent rick 20 percent other stuff um i I, I know like if I buy something, Rick, I can probably sell it. So recently it's been like more, more even narrow focus down. So only Rick. <laughs> yeah. And are these, these items that you buy and then where like get your time with them and then let them go? Or are you buying stuff online, like not your size, just for the intent of like selling? Yeah, I that's a good question. When I first started, I it was all just for me. Uh only things that I was wearing for a very long time. Now, very occasionally, like if I see something that's a really good deal and like I know will be just cool to own, I'll pick it up. But yeah, I would say things stay with me for six months to a year before I would put it up. And then I have items that I would never sell as well. How how big is your collection? Like how many-ish pieces? It's not like 
crazy, maybe 10 or 15, like quite small. Like there's, there's some people that I talk to who are 22, 23 with like $100,000 worth of brick, $150,000 in there in their own like personal wardrobes, which always just blows my mind. Like some people are insanely dedicated to collecting this stuff. And they, uh, I mean, I'm gonna sound like a complete novice, but what year was Rick Owens founded? Like when did, uh, when did he start? Yeah. But then his first runway shows didn't start till about 1998. Yeah. So, like, I mean, definitely a long time, but not not so long that, like, you probably know everything about everything since 94, right? Like, <laughs> oh, you would be surprised. Like, people, there's so much. The early years especially are so hard to find things about. Like, it was when Rick was located in Hollywood Boulevard and... It was very like, if you know, you know, in the punk scene and information on that sort of era is very, very difficult to find anything on. Do you have any access to like anyone at the company that could like inform you about this type of thing? Yeah, I have a few contacts with Owens Corp as the the entity, but um, mostly it's just from people who who have been around for a long time some of them like that's one thing i i really like is just meeting other people who are into fashion and art through my account uh who reach out to me and will tell me a thing or two so that's that's been really cool to see are there like any message boards or discords or anything for all this info yeah definitely there's like the rick owens discord is quite large um and there's probably a couple clones of that but i i try to find things on my own rather than like when you take info from people sometimes you you don't know if it's if you can verify it or not it's good to like really try to seek it out yourself which is much more difficult so i had to learn quite a bit at the start (laughs) And you make some mistakes for sure. And like with the Rick Cohen's uh, people who appreciate his work, they will definitely call you out (laughs) if you write like one date wrong, one material wrong. But I I respect, I know why they do it. So I understand. I wonder, I guess that brings up another question. I know in like certain subcultures, like gatekeeping is, is more prevalent. But that I usually find that's with like you know skateboarding people don't want to give up their spots or like graffiti or something like that people don't want to like give up tools of the trade. But are people trying to like gatekeep info on on fashion brands as well? It's so it's so silly to think though, but yes, they do. Yeah, for sure. That, like with Rick, it would be like a specific lookbook from a year that uh, wouldn't be online and someone has it at, at home and they're, they're keeping it to themselves. I mean, I, I get it for sure. It just seems like 
a weird thing to want to hoard that info because how is anyone going to know you know it? You know, like <laughs> if you know a, a lot about skateboarding, you know, people kind of know you have all the info and you're holding it close to your heart. But with like fashion brands, who's going to know that you possess that info? It seems yeah. like an odd thing to be the cool guy about. It, it definitely is, but I think it's like with any any niche, like there's gonna be all all types, right? But then, like I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like you would be held in like high regards amongst these people. Like you would think people want to share info with you because you have a fan base to impart that knowledge on. But have you like personally faced gatekeeping? Um, I would say at the beginning sometimes, but lately, yeah, like people will talk to me or if I have a question, I just ask them through DM. Uh, I started my account when I was pretty young. I was 21, I think. Yeah, 21, just but turned 22. And yeah, it's just been like a learning curve interacting with some of these people who might have been involved in the brand since like the early 2000s or even the late 90s um yeah oh do you feel like the i mean with the internet and and social media everything seems to be getting like growing pretty exponentially so do you you see like the fan base and the amount of people collecting and the people who have extensive knowledge on Rick is that like growing at an unmanageable rate or are you like personally happy with with the growth of the whole thing definitely happy I think it's just cool that more people are into it like uh I think that lately like with TikTok there's so many people like just discovering it now and maybe they'll like one shoe or something and but I think like these these people, if if they're in into fashion, like we can have a conversation and I can get along with them usually pretty well. Just having a mutual interest with people is really nice. And are the shoes like your favorite item that they have released? Like the geo baskets, is that your like top favorite thing from Rick? Oh, uh, I don't know if I could pinpoint like an absolute favorite. I think it, the sneakers are what like blew up Rick into this new mainstream kind of era. Like there's just sneaker obsession is huge. <laughs> there's sneaker cons, right? Like people yeah. just love shoes now, which is to me, it's like I, I try. I I appreciate like his clothing as well. And I I don't try to get too into one thing. It's probably probably a safer approach, right? Yeah. Like just, you know, being in awe of it all kind of as a collective instead of like really obsessing over one item. At least to me, that that would kind of I get like pretty pretty obsessed over single items too, and it's not always that healthy so yeah that seems to me like a good approach yeah. what what plant 
plan shop did you host this event at it's called soil and soul so it's uh just right downtown they're quite new though uh and i just really got along with the owner when i came in he was just really chill and i thought it would be a interesting place to try my first little in-person event uh, we did serve we served um alcohol just like little bit of wine and we had well the drink i had made special was this charcoal lemonade that i'd found and i had my stickers printed and those sold out so i was happy to have like a little gift for people who came yeah yeah people i mean that's so important like a little collectible like that and someone like saves it in a drawer or puts it on a laptop or a water bottle and, and they're gonna remember that like forever do yeah. you have, you have plans to do any more events of this nature i i think i would like to do another uh it was just so much work like even just a small little event for me yeah I, uh, just building up to it I was quite anxious and then the day of and like hiring a DJ to be in the space was another thing I had flyers printed so I think the reward versus uh, time put in it would have to make sense if I was going to do another now, have, have people asked you to uh, like have you gone to Montreal for any rick related content no i've i haven't been out to montreal but i think i i should um i was in in paris for for women's fashion week uh back in march um and to see the rick owens around my show yeah and what was that experience like it was really crazy for me <laughs> yeah but paris as a city very beautiful uh, i must just... have felt like all your all your hard work kind of paid off like being able to be there and and witness like your subjective study for the well, longest time yeah they actually i didn't get into the runway show so i was at the venue palais de tokyo uh, which is actually a skate spot. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that skate spot is like crazy. But That's yeah, this, I didn't get an invitation in. It's very, very selective. Uh, and it was during COVID, still the tail end of COVID. So they did, they said that just too many invites this year, but maybe another year. And does that type of stuff like bother you or does it make you want to like strive to, to get the invite later? I guess, um, yeah, I, I would say like just being in Paris was enough for me. And just being like, I, I did get to meet Rick when I was in Paris, which was really cool. Oh, that um, that's insane. Yeah, very cool. Um, just and just briefly but was he um like familiar with with your ties to the brand i'm sure he's tangentially aware of it um i'm like 
I talked to quite a few people around, but I I only had a minute or two talking with him, so I I didn't bring it up. I just said it was a pleasure to meet him. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I was pretty nervous. Yeah. Oh, I I would be as well. It's like probably your main hero. I'm not supposed to meet your heroes. Yeah, yeah, I know <laughs> that. That's what they say, but they can always be nice. Yeah, I and Rick is known for being extremely friendly. Um, and I I can say nothing less. He was very friendly. He took the time to say hi to me and it was at a quite a busy event, so that meant a lot. And you've uh, have you been to any of his like flagship stores? Yeah, the the first store I ever went to uh, was when I studied in Hong Kong. It was the the Hong Kong store, which is very cool. It's very like small small floors, but it it's like four stories. Like everything in Hong Kong goes up, it doesn't go wide because <laughs> they yeah. have so little space. But that was like really crazy. This was before I set up GeoCasket in twenty nineteen, so. At that time, like seeing the actual store where he has his wax mannequins of himself as furniture, which is like a crazy, <laughs> crazy furniture. But yeah. it was cool to see. What what would have been like your first big fashion purchase? Like just as a consumer, like did you you dive? read in and start with Rick or were you like wearing other brands that kind of like got you into Rick? Um, I used to work at Hudson's Bay. So my, my very first kind of bigger purchase would have been when they stocked the Adidas Rick Owens collaboration. Uh, and the Bay had a pair that of course, like in 20, 16 2017-ish like no one was on that in Canada so I was able to get those for a pretty good deal and that's kind of how it started do you still have those or have you sold them I sold those yeah I should have kept them though now knowing what I do now were, were those one of the pieces you were talking about that like retained their value or did you yeah. have to let yeah, they. I think the Adidas collab is is one some people do still continue to seek out. They were pretty great, um, but yeah, I I think if I wanted to pick up a pair, I I could probably still find a pair for a decent value. Is it like a recurring collaboration? Like, did they work together every once in a while, or was it a one time thing? I think um, it lasted for about four years, 2013 or 2014 till about 2017 or 2018. But they, for the time, they were very unique because this is like before all the collaborations that happen every, every other week. Now it's like, yeah. Adidas now has collaborated with every brand under the sun, it seems. But for this time, it was very, very unusual because he would put the Adidas collaborations on his high fashion runway. So you would be seeing the runway clothing paired with these Adidas collab sneakers. And that was like, a, I think it built a lot of momentum for the brand at the time. 
And they're like, I mean, obviously you're quite loyal to what you're into, but are there other brands that that you're interested in? I I mostly write about Rick, but um, I think there's so many other like cool new designers that are putting out like great stuff. And on on my page, Geocasket, I definitely like to showcase uh, those those guys. <laughs> so one really cool project that I've been helping out with is um, this guy out of Venice in Italy. He was reached out to buy the Rick Owens brand to um, upcycle pieces that were coming from the Rick Owens factory in Italy. So this would be like the scraps, the leftover garments. They gave him like carte blanche to do whatever he wanted in turning the scraps into his own new pieces. And I've been helping with him just in the past couple months with his, now he, he originally um, was having his items put out with marketing from Owens Corp onto platforms like End, uh, Matches Fashion, Browns, like big ones. And now the marketing is all on his own and it's kind of his own label when before it was sort of attached to Rick Owens as, a, as an entity. That that's cool there that they would I mean that's huge. They kind of gave him a big boost in the beginning. Like I'm sure that's very rare, right? Not, not every young designer would, would get like an initial cosign from Rick. No, yeah, it was crazy. Like nothing I'd never heard of anything quite like it where they were just like, here's this young guy. <laughs> Here he now has access to like all of our cutouts. We're gonna let him do whatever he wants, and with his own like brand name attached to it too. But I think it's a very cool way that uh, a luxury brand is tackling reuse. Um, I think no other brand is really doing it quite like that, where they're making sure like they're. Yeah, every cutout is like available to this guy to turn into something else. So, yeah. And were, were you aware of this designer like prior to this or is that what like put him on your radar? I'd followed my account uh, before he started releasing all this stuff and he'd reached out to me saying like, you're not going to believe this. I am now going to be like, uh, doing these these capsule collections for Rick Owens. And when he sent me this in the DMs, I, I almost was like, no way. Like, this can't be true. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it's true. Yeah, he, he grew up um, living in Lido. So that's where Rick uh, has a home. And that's kind of how that connection happened. And then, do you know, like, offhand, have, have they worked with any other young designers, like, in the past, or is this kind of, like, the first time for them as well? Um, Rick has had past collaborations. Um, he's always been very selective, though, with who he was working with. Like, the first 
the first 15 years of the brand up until like 20, 2013, 2014 with the Adidas collaboration, there was no, no, no collabs happening at all. And yeah, so this, this was quite unexpected for sure. Yeah. Then now, like you're saying this, this Zana is going to branch off and now it, it's all under the umbrella of his own name. Yeah, Swamp God is what it's called. And uh, and how old is he? Do you know? He's twenty eight, maybe twenty nine, something around that. Yeah, like in the, in the realm of what he's doing, that's like a baby. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But he's doing great work, and I how I uh, am now like involved with with his label is I went to Venice after I was in uh, Paris for Fashion Week. And because I talked with him online, I met up and we just got along. <laughs> that It's amazing. So like the, I mean, all I can think about is, is how impressive, like, I mean, your, your body of work and the content that you put out would be impressive regardless, but to, do it and excel at what you're doing from Calgary is, is kind of unheard of. Like, you know, and I don't, I hopefully take no offense to that. I don't mean it in a bad way. I just mean like you'd be, be up against so much. That, I mean, even to have access to these people and read about what you read about from Los Angeles or something, that would be impressive. But the fact that it's, out of Calgary is, is very, very unique and very cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, I, I never really like knew what it would become. It was just like something I liked doing. And uh, yeah, it's just been for me quite, quite a surprise, but I'm, I'm happy with it. Now I can make a, just barely, but scraping out like an income from my my handle and seeing the people who like what I read is just very encouraging. Yeah. Do you, um, I mean, I always ask people this, kind of a, a lame route of questioning, but do you find, like, is Instagram the best way for you to reach your audience for this stuff or... Like, are you fed up with, with Instagram lately? Do you feel your stuff not being spread in the way it was a year ago? Yeah, that's a, it's a great question. And it, it's true. Like Instagram, the, the algorithm is so unpredictable. Like you never really know what it wants. And I, I think my, my content would do better on different platforms, like on YouTube or TikTok, but I'm, I'm good at staying in my lane, even when I know like more opportunities are, are elsewhere. And I think just with, with time, I'll, I'll branch out more. I think. <laughs> do you uh, like, do you uh, like a Substack or anything for your reading, like a newsletter? I should. I don't know. I, I really only 
put out my writing on my Instagram, but it's something I've been interested in for sure is getting like a sub stack up. Yeah, I'm, uh, no, like, I mean, I, I try to know about all that stuff. I'm like fairly new to a newsletter as well, but from what I know, that's kind of where it's at these days. And I've heard a lot of people say that um, newsletters like email lists is the only thing that you actually own. Because, like, imagine if Instagram just went down tomorrow and it never came back, like, then the whole audience you or anyone else has garnered is gone. But your email list is always yours. You can always import it to different platforms. Like I know throughout the years, there have been platforms come and go, but yeah, I would, I mean, someone, someone writing like you, I, I feel that would be a good way to go, but I don't know at all. I'm not, I'm not trying. No, I think that's super good advice. And it's something I've been thinking about a lot. I, I was, I have like my geocasket.com main landing page platform and then my my site, but I would really like to build out like a a blog slash writing aspect to it just so I have it somewhere permanent. Uh, Because as you said, like you don't know what these these platforms are going to do, right? What, do you, you have Twitter? No, I don't use Twitter. I don't use anything. Only Instagram. <laughs> what about uh, like has Essence posted any of your articles? Um, Essence has not at this point. I have had small, small writing things with some companies, but um, yeah, nothing, nothing too major. And I mean, you. Uh... With your background in like data analytics or analysis, you probably maybe not because there's too much of it, but you might like reading all the like back end numbers and seeing how like people react to certain articles and stuff. It, uh, yeah, that that type sure. of stuff interests me too. So I'm just, I'm thinking yeah, that's. That for me is definitely like where my my interests are through through my partnership with Essence. I have pretty good insight into how how things I market for them sell, and I pay very very close attention to that. <laughs> and with Less Seventeen as well, are you, um, you the type of person that like takes that feedback? extremely seriously and like tweak every <laughs> every aspect of what you're doing based on like how people react to it well i think you you can lose some organicness getting too lost in the numbers for sure uh i think if i only paid attention to the numbers i wouldn't like a lot of my content stuff i write so there it's kind of a balance between things I, I want to, to do versus uh, past data that I can rely on. How do you personally feel about, like, this is just 
one of my main complaints, I feel uh, Instagram, whatever the internet as a whole kind of got us all. You, you know, it took me forever to learn how to take certain photos and we I've deactivated it but I think I'm gonna bring it back but we had like a I know our fast account that it isn't as big as yours but it was like I think seven thousand I feel like I just figured out how to do that like it it just kind of clicked where I was like all right and I know what type of post people like. I know what I like taking slash what does okay. And then all of a sudden they're like, no, actually photos don't matter and everything's got to be video for now on. Like that's all the algorithms want. Yeah, the, the shift to video has been not <laughs> not nice, I think, to the the Instagram origin uh the base but i think that's if that's like where things are going there's no point in just like fighting it so i'm trying to make a bit more video content and yeah i i think that it's it's good to pick up new skills like i i'm very interested in film i i think putting things on video is just a whole nother skill set that i have to learn <laughs> And it'll come slowly, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's tough. That uh, super positive, like mature way to look at it. I try to think of it that way too. At, at the beginning, I was like, ah, oh, you know, like this sucks. I hate, I hate this. Like I just learned how to use a camera. I don't want to have to like learn how to use a video camera. But then I started to think like, just cause I don't like it or, you know, like one single person isn't going to change Instagram's mind about this. So you might as well just learn it and adapt if if that's what it takes. You yeah, the well. sink or swim for sure. And I mean, you're you're lucky too, because a lot of or I mean, all of all of fashion I guess, but all of Rick, let's say, looks great in photo or film. So, like, you have a good subject to film. That's true, yeah. And as you said earlier, like, it is just getting more and more popular. So I know if there's so many new accounts, like, and sometimes I see accounts that are, I can tell, like, they're picking up stuff from, what I've posted, which is nice to see, but it's like, oh, I should be on this. Yeah. <laughs> should be me. <laughs> so what what else like what else do you do in in your spare time when you're not writing and researching Rick? Like do you have other hobbies or does that kind of consume everything? Um I'm I'm big into fitness, so I in the past two years or so, I've really gotten into running. Cool. Uh, distance running for me has been like a really nice outlet. Um, and just in August, I did a my first uh, marathon, a trail marathon. That you know, that's amazing. I I should have asked this question earlier. I'm obviously in a in a wheelchair, 
So I'm not running, but my my partner, my girlfriend, is also a long distance runner. Oh, so really? She's insane about it. Like we were just in London. She ran the the London marathon, but she's done uh, all a bunch of ultras. But trail trail marathons is kind of her thing too. So that's oh. I know a bit about it. I'm I'm super interested in it. And uh, I'm amazed, like it, it just blows my mind that I uh, I saw a hilarious tweet the other day, and I I almost fell over laughing because I think it said like, has anyone told ultra marathon runners that they don't have to? Because I always, I mean. I'm I'm super proud of you and proud of Sarah for doing that, but I always wonder, like, yeah, you don't like you know she'll wake up on Sunday and go run like forty k. She's <laughs> like, yeah, I got to be up early to run, but it's like well, you you don't have to. Huh? Yeah, no, it's, a, it's it's a punishing punishing hobby, but I think it's rewarding and like I just seeing some of these people who. I was like dying on my last couple kilometers and they're just like so, so much stronger. I guess it's just like the, the willpower that they need for that endurance is like for me, just something I look up to and I'm trying to work towards. It is. I mean, being, I went, when watched uh, kind of around the finish line, like at, when she was running the London marathon and it was it was people watching at its finest. Like there was, it was probably the most people I've ever seen for any event ever. And just watching like some people, it seemed like the hardest thing they've ever had to do, but they were at the finish line. So that's incredible. And then some people were, it looked like it didn't phase them at all. Like they could have kept going, like even... My girlfriend, we flew to London. It's a new city. She ran the marathon. And then we, she didn't even change. We just went out and like celebrated, had some food and went to a pub. Like it's insane that people can do this. It's, it's really cool. Really inspiring. I I was not like that. The the next, the next day I couldn't even like get up the stairs. (laughs) I just laid on the couch. I had to use like, uh, I just had to lay down for like the next two days. So I think I got to get my stamina up a bit. What's your like next running goal? Like, do you have any other like marathons on the books? Um, I would like to do another. I think I have uh, a really good friend from Austria and I, I would like to run with him somewhere. We're not sure where, but. I'm sure going to London just for a a race that's pretty hardcore has she run like quite a few uh yeah she's that was the first uh I think major is what they call it and uh but no she she's done a bunch I know London is a pretty big deal and you can't I think London is one of the only ones that people in Canada aren't even allowed to like qualify for. So I think she, uh, 
she was running for actually the my the reason I'm in a wheelchair is it's called Friedrich's Ataxia, and she was running for Ataxia UK charity. So that was the only way that she was actually allowed to do it. Okay. Which I is I didn't know there was such like a prestige around even just getting an entry. Like Yeah, I think I think that I mean I could be totally wrong, but I think that's one of the only ones that works that way because I think there's uh like New York, LA, Berlin, Tokyo, some of the other big ones. And I think you can like time qualify for those ones as Canadians. She, uh, I mean, Sarah is super involved, but some friends of hers are even more next level. Like one of her friends has run all the majors. So like Berlin, Tokyo, New York, Chicago, Boston, London. I I think that's it. But yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's really cool there. Yeah, yeah. So I I hope to do a bit more of that. I was on a run today. I usually go around the the reservoir here in Calgary. What do you do in the winter? I still go. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's that's even crazier to me. Like running running in the summer, like the elements are at least somewhat on your side. Doing it in the winter is it's darker, it's colder, it's slippery. Yeah. I think you need the the right gear. If you're going gonna go in the winter, like gear is a bit more important. I think running for me is just an activity you can go anywhere in the world. And you don't need a gym for it. You can just step outside and your workout begins if you have a pair of sneakers on. What got you into running? Yes, it just happened during the during the pandemic. I was feeling pretty cooped up, so I went outside. <laughs> yeah, I wonder actually I can use this this question kind of applies to fashion and running running yeah. is is getting pretty popular these days yeah. too like i wonder but that one seems even everyone's into that i, I don't feel maybe i'm wrong but i don't see many, much gatekeeping in that like every runner wants everyone else to run yeah. At least here, here it seems that way. Yeah, I, I think I think that's probably true. Um, for with Rick's clothing in particular, there is like a subsection that's very into his brand for the fitness aspects. Um, as he he has some cool quotes, I think that are like instead of buying his clothes, uh by go by gym membership <laughs> and i think some some followers take that very literally <laughs> is there do you see a lot of like crossover like utilitarian like are you able to actually run in any of his designs um for for a long time no not really like the sneakers are not 
concrete for running in. Yeah. Just recently, though, he has uh, collaborated with Vija, the vegan shoe label. Yeah. And those are good runners. I run in them. Yeah, you know what? I, um, like, uh, how would I put this? I Like, I recently, a couple of months ago, like, when I closed the studio, I started a job with Gravity Pub doing uh, basically just, like, writing content for them. Like, I, if you go on their website and pull up a shoe, I, like, write the descriptions for the shoes. It's it's cool, actually, but kind of boring and monotonous. But I was, before we went to London, I uh, one of my last things was to do the captions for a bunch of those videos. And I didn't hate them, but I didn't love them. I hadn't really heard of them. When I was in London, I've never seen a shoe so popular. Like, everyone... Then kids athletes normal like just even like fashion people like every probably i saw more of those than you would see like checks or three stripes they were everywhere really interesting i i don't see them too too often around here in calgary but i think that yeah vita is a cool brand and i I remember seeing them at Gravity Pope too. Yeah. I didn't know you. Is there there's a Gravity Pope in Edmonton? Yeah, Gravity Pope is uh it's from Edmonton. Like that's where it was founded. But now Just there's see. there's clothing store and a shoe store here, and then I think Calgary has two, and then Vancouver, I think, has two clothing and one shoe i know in total they have eight stores in toronto as well but uh yeah it's from here initially so okay the the calgary location is like crazy that building is awesome it's so unique as a retail space yeah yeah the, the owner is uh is quite tasteful and she uh yeah usually does a great job with location and build outs and stuff it's like it's on 17th right like kind of by i don't know calgary that well but it's like close to the ship and anchor yeah yeah down a little further down the other way and it's also turned into like uh they have the hair studio in the main floor and then a record studio underneath. Yeah. So to have like three things in, in the one building, I think is like a cool approach to retail. It's uh her husband actually owns the the record store because here the clothing store here is not it the store next to it is also the same like Blackbird Records. Um, and it's okay. been that way like since forever. Yeah, I, I always hope that Gravity Pope is doing okay because I like that space a lot and I want them to stick around. Yeah, no, no. They, uh, I think the pandemic, they like kind of 
transition to like a more online focus and i know they're like really making strides at like stepping up their online like brands but also like just how well the website works and everything so i think they're they're doing okay i mean i don't know if anyone was doing that great just getting out of covid but i would assume that they're doing okay yeah i think um a lot of the brick and mortar stores really are now uh seeing that online is like for canada i think where you have to be moving to at least making your your user experience very streamlined very easy to use on a mobile yeah and you you mentioned um earlier that you know you were like quite focused on online stuff like just through instagram and stuff is that i don't like were you doing anything in the earlier days of your life that was also like online focused like did you grow up playing games or on forums and anything like that i i quit playing video games uh when i was 14 i was banned from my favorite mmo (laughs) massive multiplayer online game and after 14 i i put that away (laughs) so what I did before Geocasket, I, I worked at the Calgary Public Library and I was doing that and going to school. Um, and what happened is I was accepted to study in Hong Kong. So I went to Hong Kong. Um, and when I, when I left, I'd quit my job. I had to sell my car, like <laughs> everything. I was expecting to be in Hong Kong for a while. But the um, the 2019 protests happened while I was in the city, so I was actually taken back to to Canada. Like the government withdrew the the students, and um, yeah, I from that I had like nothing going on in Calgary, and I started started my my page. And uh, I mean, most people don't really remember or keep track of these but just in case you do how long like when did you hit your first thousand followers let's say like how how quickly probably had a thousand followers within a week and a half oh very rewarding it was a a lot of people don't like have growth like that and then it kind of like deters them from creating content because i mean there's so much great stuff that people want to make but it's so hard to do it when you aren't either financially compensated or even just like the likes and the followers you know if those aren't there people feel it's not worth it either so yeah very true yeah people some people are so talented and they get, yeah, they get discouraged. Like they, they don't see the follower growth and it makes sense. Like if you're putting out stuff and putting a lot of effort into it, you want it to do well. So I was super lucky. That's all I can say. Like, I don't know how well it happens to some people, I suppose, but yeah, it was like very, very lucky that that happened. I probably would have given it up. 
Are there uh, like any other, I mean, you don't need to mention them, but is it like common for other notable like Rick archive accounts, like like what you do, or is it like fairly niche? There's a couple, like, uh, yeah, there's a couple sizable ones. I I try to like, I don't look at any of them. I just make my own stuff. I, Which that's is kind also of my like, I mean, that's process. a very healthy, mature way to go about it as well. Like a lot of people, even me, like I, I try not to pay attention to the competition, but even I'll give in and end up doing it. It's never a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Of course, I I catch things like that. That's always hard. Is like seeing someone do something. You're like, oh, should have done that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like you can't be jealous for like other people's success if they're doing well. Like I just wish them well. Are there like how you were saying before? You're pretty Instagram focused. Are there other people kind of in your lane of things? that I've taken to like TikTok or YouTube. Yeah, I think TikTok is the big one. Um, Like it's just not like any other platform. I would say if you have good TikTok content, a good consistent TikTok content, you will find an audience for what you're doing. It like, it might not be immediate, but that app just has so much growth potential. It's like, yeah, you can wake up the next day and have like two hundred thousand views on a video. Like accounts with almost no no followers can get that, and it's not like Instagram. <laughs> Do you like research the other apps? Like you might not be posting on them, but do you like frequent them? Just like do some intel. Yeah, I I keep up with what some of my friends in the space are doing just to see. And yeah, I I think people who transitioned quick are smart. I I should be on that, but I it's nice, it's comfortable just staying in my own lane. Yeah, even you know, I was talking to someone about this yesterday. I I almost predict that, like, right now, everyone is so focused on, like, what else could they be doing? You know, like, people who have built up an Instagram, like, kind of earlier on these days are kind of wondering, like, what else is out there. But I, I swear in a few months, Instagram will be the main one again, and everyone that's stuck with it will just be happy, and it'll seem worth it like then i hope so i think instagram is unique in in terms of fashion for sure instagram is it's become like the the mall of the internet almost like all these brands use instagram almost as their website yeah and it you know what i i say instagram is absolutely like hands down the best for interacting with a community except maybe like discord is better for talking but the growth isn't as exponential like you can't really 
DM a bunch of people on TikTok. It just it's weird. Like Instagram is great for like talking to people one on one. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, and I think with Instagram, people get an idea for what you what you post, who you are from their main feed page instead of like I guess on TikTok you'd have to scroll through their different TikToks to pick up what they're into. Whereas Instagram, you can just look at a page, get a feel for it. Yeah. yeah yeah no i think i mean in in my experience at least i i get like stuck on tiktok every once in a while but i've like barely ever looked at someone's feed you know i just like you don't really follow people on there you just see what it's showing you look for a bit and then kind of snap out of it whereas instagram i feel is more like substantial like you actually yeah you get like get like a feeling and kind of absorb like someone's full content maybe scroll back but tiktok is like just what did someone post today that's funny and then like you're not really going beyond that me at least yeah no i I think i know where you're coming from yeah if there's there's too much these days though and and I don't know I I um suspicious of maybe the algorithm the way it works is just what you're not doing is what they want because I always feel like all right I I figured it out I gotta post this has to do well and then it doesn't at all and you're like I did absolutely everything they've asked for, but I swear they changed it all at the last minute. They like, they just want you trying to like achieve the unattainable. It's a different, different atmosphere, I think, than even two years ago. And when, sorry, I know you said, but when, what month and year? Was Geocassiet founded? So 2020, like, it would have been in February. But then as oh, a company... Like when you came home from Hong Kong? Yeah, yeah. So February of 2020. But then uh, as a company, last year, it's been like established. Do you... Uh, weird question, kind of. You like... Like, you know, these days, especially around here, I see a lot of people dressed in running gear, but, you know, more as like a kind of a fashion outlet, like maybe not what it's actually meant for. How do you feel about that type of stuff? I Yeah, like the tight, tight kind of compression type shirts. I just Even- see... I see a ton of people wearing hokas, and I know oh. these, these people have never run. I know it. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Hokas are cool, though. I like hokas. That's what I run in. But you run in them, right? Like, you use them. Maybe you yeah, wear them outside of running, but you still use them for what they're meant for. Yeah, they, they definitely, they've been picked up. I think the, the chunky sole is what people are gravitating towards yeah they like the the thick thick boys 
Is there uh, any other like shopping in Calgary or is last kind of like the go to spot? There's uh, Holt Renfrew, which carries women's women's Rick Owens, a small, small section. Um, but they, I don't know, I don't shop at Holt very often. Or I Simon's is okay. We have our Simon's here. Up in Edmonton, you have uh, Simon's and they carry mainline Rick there. Yeah. Yeah, our Simon's is, it's good. It's, it's overwhelming. It, like, have you been in the one out here? No, I think I like they um I don't know the exact numbers, but I think that they when they opened they took the space of over a hundred stores. I like believe it in the mall. Like there was a hundred like smaller storefronts and they knocked down all the wall. Like it's bigger than like a Walmart or a superstore or anything. It's full of cool stuff, but I yeah, think Edmonton uh, mall is life. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, we love our malls, but there's no purpose to them. You know, like <laughs> West Edmonton Mall for a while, biggest mall in the world. There's like nothing there that you can find somewhere else. <laughs> Hey, there's the water park. The yeah, water park. yeah, there are like there are weird, weird attractions, but as for like shopping, like yeah, I have always said it would be cool if we had a bunch of like hard to find American brands or even like American fast food or candy stores that sold all the like delicacies you can't get here. But no, it's mm. like it's just stuff you can get everywhere. Like, I'm pretty sure there's, like, 30 or 40 stores in the mall that you can buy, like, Chuck Taylors or Vans. And then a Vans store, and I think probably a Converse store as well. Mm. Yeah. If I think How, uh, that... Oh, you go ahead. Uh, I'll let you go right away. My last question is, uh, how did your friendship with Essence come about? Did you reach out to them or did they like find you through what you were putting out there? I I reached out to them. I was, I knew that I wanted to work with them. Uh, I just, at Essence is where I shop and I, I liked, I liked the collections they were bringing in. I like how the website was laid out. I liked how they do their their photography for all their photos. And I just knew it would be a good match for the kind of content I wanted to make. And thankfully that that has gone like quite well for me, for sure. Uh, they've been very lenient with anything I any any way I want to promote uh their their website they don't really care they just let me do my thing <laughs> and were they did they give you like that type of freedom from the beginning or did you have to kind of like earn their trust i, I sent them some of my earlier promotions and they seem to like them and then from there it's just been 
been a slow, slow build, I guess. Greg like to have an outlet like that, like such a prestigious like retailer carrying something you're so aligned with and then like giving you the freedom to showcase it in the way that you want to. That's I think the next step, yeah, for sure. Like it it it's been a great fit. And the next step would be I would like to get out to Montreal. That's where they're based. So <laughs> be cool. And you've never been to Montreal, like essence no. or no essence? No, not yet. So get to Montreal, do another in-person event. Run some more trail marathons. You got your work cut out for you. Like it. I next time we chat, <laughs> I'll tell you all about that. Yeah, yeah. You uh you like to stay busy, like you get yeah. bored if, if you don't have a lot on your plate. Definitely, definitely. I if I'm not doing something, I just feel like uh, <laughs> gotta do something. That's a good. That's a good though. You know, the, I like see that quality in almost every like marathon runner that I've met. I think that like you know they just have the mindset where they always have to be like busy doing something, and it, it's always better to do something than nothing. So it's a good way to live. For sure. Well, thank thank you. Thank you so much. Very interesting. Uh, let me know if you end up doing that sub stack. I'd, I'd love to read some more, uh, some longer, longer content from you. I think other people would as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll hit you up. But I hope that comes together. I know I just got to do it. Yeah. Well, good luck. Thank you. Yeah. And where can I, where can I catch this? I'll um, post it next Thursday. I, I released like one, one a week, every Thursday I got this Thursday's drafted, but then you'll be the, I don't know what the date is, but, uh, the twenty uh, seventh is this Thursday, and then I think third, maybe November third, it would be. Yeah, the third. I'll just write that down. Give it a, a boost. Yeah, I'll oh. uh, I'll I'll send you all the info, and I gotta ask how how you want your name to be listed, and all all the fun stuff, all the. All the data that you can stress over. Sure. Sounds good. <laughs> awesome. Well, enjoy the rest of your evening. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Peace. Bye.